and welcome to the Hungry for Authenticity podcast, an unpolished show where I, your host, Megan Johnson, think deeply out loud. Ultimately, I aim to seek biblical truths on tough topics with you. Today, we're talking about the book Built to Move, kind of in our nutrition fitness series. So let's get rolling. Let's talk first by way of reminder what we're doing in this nutrition and fitness series. I'm sharing what I've learned in the past few months, uh, having post second baby, I'm trying to ask and answer this question. When does eating healthy and exercise cross the line into idolatry? My answer is upfront. I don't know specifically. I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know your personal struggles and your history, but I'm learning what that looks like for me. And perhaps you can relate to aspects of my own story. So I'm coming at this from a perspective of a busy mom who's had a second baby six months ago. I'm trying to get leaner and stronger. I've always been interested in nutrition and fitness. I've had an eating disorder and I want to understand this from a biblical perspective. So today we're not going to be able to hit, basically we're talking about a book. It's called Built to Move by Dr. Kelly and Juliet Starrett. And if you've been following along with this series, uh, I have been kind of mentioning it and today we're just going to dive right in and keep in mind the greater picture so I'm we kind of talked about mindset in the you can't screw this up book and then I kind of shared some extra thoughts regarding that in a episode right after and so now we're moving into these are 10 habits that these people I respect uh, Kelly and Juliet who are big in the CrossFit movement nutrition space. I just realized I probably should pull up a little blurb about them, <laughs> but uh, I can probably share it just based off the top of my head. Um, and they've they've been working. Well, actually, I'll share right now. They work with top-level athletes. Uh, they both were top-level athletes themselves. They started, like, one of the first CrossFit gyms in San Francisco – well, in – the country and they're based in San Francisco and they work with clients uh they and they've kind and then but they're also parents of two girls and so what they started noticing is they kind of live in a suburb and they became the go-to source for their kind of average person because they're clientele was athletes but then they started like as they're sitting at their daughter's soccer game or walking to you know their elementary school they had these moms and dads being like hey like I'm trying to lose 10 pounds how should I do it or I threw out my back like what should I do and um, they're so what they they've spent decades in this wellness space and they've tried all the tricks. They've tried all the like all the fads for the most part, all the new equipment, and they've boiled it down to these ten healthy habits for you and me, like mere mortals, average people, just trying to live a healthy life, but are also very busy. And they also make a point. They're like, although we are very athletic and we are in this wellness space. They're like, we spend a lot of time sitting at a computer. You'd be surprised that most of our jobs are at a computer. So she's like, we're kind of, or Juliet had said this on an interview once. Uh, she's like, we're 
you don't you wouldn't think it, but we are in the same boat. And these are things that we've incorporated into our life that have kept us healthy and active despite children and they have two businesses and stuff like that. So he's had he's written other books. He's he's a DPT, a doctor in physical therapy. And so he's one book called like Becoming a Supple Leopard. And it's very technical. And so they realize that they have a lot of technical resources that weren't relating to the average person. So that's why they created this book. So what we're going to do is, again, greater perspective is these are 10, like, goals. And I really like them because I've been in the nutrition and fitness space for a while, and I've heard all of the things. Like, I've heard about cold plunging and fasting and I'm trying to think of other ones weird foods uh and it just was nice to kind of be like okay these are what they say are the most bang for your buck if you're going to focus your life on things they don't even talk about cold plunging ironically they don't talk about talk about exercise and they make kind of caveat about that that they're huge fans of exercise clearly but they think that these 10 principles they have in their book should be absolutely foundational in exercises like extra credit. Uh, so anyway, we're going to hop into these 10 healthy habits. And the reason why I'm doing this long disclaimer is in intro is because I personally had a hard time when I was reading this book because I'm a perfectionist and I'm a rule follower and I really respect these people. If I'm reading something that I think is bogus, I dismiss it and I move on with my life. But these people I respect I respect what they're saying and it was making sense but I also felt like I didn't necessarily measure up to every single of the 10 healthy habits and that I had work to do and I had to take breaks from it and I think it was probably smart because I would kind of listen to one chapter and then I'd spend the week focusing on how can I make this tangibly a part of my life not just something I do once uh, and then forget about it, but something that kind of incorporates into my life. And so I put time into trying to make these things happen in a very realistic way. And like I said, I'm a busy mom. I have a toddler who's almost three and a six month old and I'm working on my MBA and I'm podcasting, I'm doing all the things. So I have found ways to try to incorporate these little tweaks into my life. Granted, I have had a very, I spent my whole life thanks to my parents being very active and having a fairly good nutrition so I started off with a good base and now I'm making little tweaks all that to say let's get rolling into these 10 habits and we're gonna see how long it takes me (laughs) to get through them because it might be a double episode situation or I might be able to get through it in one we will see Uh, I wrote some notes down uh, that I kind of liked from their intro. They said, train for your old age. Don't just cross your fingers and hope you have good genetics. Genetics. Invest in your physical future by thinking about all the things you want to do in your senior years. Use this book to retrain physical prowess that will make these things a reality. Goal is to be a dur- become a durable human. <laughs> you can clearly, I was like reading bullet points from my notes. Uh But I've listened to a few interviews and they keep coming back to this term durable human. And basically their thing is like we are 
meant to handle stress. Our bodies can handle stress, not like hopefully like more acute stress, hopefully not like decades of decades of the same stress, but we are meant to be durable. And these are 10 things that help you become durable and into your old age, help you become more mobile, uh, more like more comfortable moving around, squatting, like basic activities of daily living that get dicey as you get older. These are things that can help invest in making you a more durable human as you age. And I don't think in me like 10 years ago, I don't think I would have cared as much about it because I'm like, Hey, I'm fairly active. I think I'll be okay. But I think now that I'm in my thirties and I've mentioned in the, I think the background episode, I threw out my back. (laughs) Like I, um, I don't know, I just started paying a lot more attention to how do I want to age and what kind of quality of life do I want. And although I cannot have complete control over that, I have some agency in uh, how I, I don't know, live my life and implement these things. Okay, the first one is sitting on the ground. This was a new one to me. So that I'm going to try to explain this to the best of my ability, but so they, every chapter, they start with a test and then they kind of talk about why it's, or kind of your results, essentially what, why it's important and they, you know, and how you can incorporate into your life. So you stand up, you cross your legs and you sit, you get yourself from standing to sitting without touching anything. So your hands are likely out to kind of help balance you and your legs are crossed and you sit down on the ground and then you come back up. That's the hardest part and you cannot hold anything. And so um, I've tried it, I can do it, it's not pretty. (laughs) And I definitely, yeah, there's a difference between if I had been good about stretching and doing my foam rolling versus not to have the mobility. But essentially their thing is we should be able to get on and off the ground without ha- without without assistance, without having to like hold on to a bed or a chair to pull um to pull us up. And the problem is, so they do a little history. The problem is our American culture sits down a lot and we sit in a 90 degree angle. And so if you think about when you're sitting in a 90, de- like sitting down, your legs are a 90 degree angle, your hip is getting shortened. So your quads are getting shortened because you're not extending your hips. Your hips are being compressed and that ends up causing a lot of mobility issues because your hips are, um, what's the word? They're flexed. They're constantly in flexion when you would you want them to be more in extension and that gives you more hip mobility and an ability to get up and down off the floor. So what they recommend is a few things. One is sitting on the floor when you can and they're like, hey, realistically, most Americans, they work during the day and at night they sit in front of a TV. So their thing is like, hey, get off the couch, sit on the floor right in front of your couch. And if you can, try not to sit assisted on the couch. And the benefit of that is you're, you're going to start fidgeting. A couch is very comfortable and you will find yourself less inclined to move because you're so comfortable. But when you're sitting on the ground, you kind of like, I've, 
I've done it now I've incorporated into my life like you you kind of sit in one spot and you're like okay that's a little uncomfortable and then you move to another spot and then you're there for a little bit and that forces you your body through different motions and it keeps you active and that fidgety feeling is actually very good because it's your body telling you hey I need to move so I thought that was interesting and then the other thing and I've mentioned this before that's helped tremendously is um rolling out your quads and uh yeah as someone who I do like I'm doing like barbell squats and you know heavy lifting so it's like my quads are getting tight in just normal daily living of squatting and picking up a baby or laundry or thing toys off the ground that those all get very tight and tense and so the uh, foam rolling has really helped with that as well as the lacrosse ball in the hip socket uh, I have learned that is super helpful as well um, and that just kind of opens things up and he has this thing called a couch uh, you know I'm moving okay that this is kind of running into th- the third one so we're going to skip two and go to three as I'm looking at it So this one is number three is extend your hips. Uh, That's the name of the chapter. I'm pretty sure it just extend your hips. And that kind of is going along what we were saying. Um, And the problem is we. So the first chapter is like ground sitting. It's what they call it. And this third chapter is extending your hips. And the problem is. So imagine again, we're sitting a lot. So our butt, our glutes are not being activated. So we're getting a weak butt tight hips and it's it's essentially no wonder why we have back and knee pain I don't well I don't want to say this now but I don't typically have knee pain uh but back pain for sure and I think a lot of that has to do with not extending my hips and so their thing is getting up often so if you they're like again we live in an American culture where sitting is the thing but it does you can get up more often. You can set a timer every hour to get up. Um, and that helps you just not stay in one position for so long. They recommend they recommend a standing desk if you can. And funny enough, I was, you know, I don't like spending more money than I need to. And so I was like, well, what can I use at our house that we already have? And conveniently our Uh, kitchen has like a higher in the island area is like a higher bar area and that was actually the perfect type for a standing desk so now I put my computer there and I stand and not only that we'll move into a later one which is balance I have a little balance board and I've been trying to balance on the balance board while I stand at my standing desk with that said I'm currently on a real desk right now <laughs> on a yoga ball, which they don't super recommend a yoga ball. It's essentially putting your body in the same position. Uh, but I have found recording a podcast standing up. I can't focus as much. So maybe I'll work my way there. But uh, anyway, that was something that worked for me. And so their thing is squeeze your butt, do butt squeezes, focus on your glutes. Um, a strong butt is really key. A strong butt uh, extending your hips and having, uh, less tight quads can really help with back pain. 
and they recommend this couch stretch. They call it the couch stretch because they created it from a couch. But essentially you, again, it's hard to explain these things just over audio, but I'm picturing, I do it against a wall and I grab a pillow for my knee that's on the ground. And I basically, you put (laughs) one knee directly on, like pointing on the ground right where the like floor meets the wall. So you're all the way up against there. Then that leg, your shin is going up against the wall and your foot is the top of your foot. Yeah. Top of your foot is on against the wall. Then the other leg is up like a hip stretch. And that helps like really get your hip into extension. And you can start in a way where you can actually get into the position and kind of like breathe through it and then start making it more challenging by um, sitting up higher and higher. Hopefully that helped. But anyway, that was the third one. We're going to go back to the second one now. Breathing. Nose breathing apparently is far better than mouth breathing and has many positive effects. And this is the one that took me some time because especially I started doing it during the winter where it's dry out here in my nose and it's, it's cold. And I notice if my nose is like super stuffy, like I'm going, especially if I'm out on a walk, I'm going to mouth breathe because that's my only option. And so I think being aware of when I was mouth breathing versus nose breathing took a lot more effort on my part. And, um, so I kind of would practice, uh, when we were out on a walk and just for a few minutes, not like, as I'm saying, do little things to chip away at these. And it helped give me some awareness. And also I tried doing it when I'm walking upstairs, if I'm like carrying a toddler or something or a baby. Um, so that's been something I've been, I'll be honest, this is the one nose breathing is probably the one I pay the less at least attention to. But in the book, they have like, all these reasons why it's so good. And essentially one thing coming to mind is your nose is a natural humidifier and it actually helps. It's like a filter. It's meant, we're meant to breathe through a nose before the air gets into our mouth because it helps filter out bacteria and particles and um, humidify the air as it goes down the back of our throat into our body, which I thought was interesting. Next, so now we're on to four. So yeah, we're going to split this up into two. So we're going to do two. We'll talk about number four and five, and then we'll do another episode regarding this. So walking, as you probably know, is very beneficial. And they said to aim for eight to 10,000 steps per day. But what, what I think is interesting is in that other book, You Can't Screw This Up, he made a point that 5,000 steps is actually what the research shows has the biggest bang for your buck. Eight to 10, if you can do eight to 10,000, awesome. But in that, in You Can't Screw This Up, he mentions that the 10,000 steps was created by some company who wanted to like sell the pedometers essentially. And it wasn't based off of any research, but he cited a study where 
5,000 steps a day, which is so much more attainable than eight to 10,000, showed the greatest or the lowest chance of mortality among people that consistently walk 5,000 steps a day. And I thought that was interesting because I started being, because I have an Apple Watch, and so I started. I, I didn't try. I just did my normal life. And at the end of the day, I just was out of curiosity if I just kind of do my normal thing. Because being a mom, and we have stairs, so we go up and down stairs a lot. <laughs> and I do go play outside with the dogs. And me and my daughter run, you know, from fence to fence. And I just am not one to, like, sit down too that often. Uh, and I was hitting without trying like 8,000 steps. Uh, but I think then I started to become aware of it. And I was like, if I, for example, sometimes I'd be more efficient and I would, instead of going upstairs, I would wait till, okay, when I put the baby down for nap, I will go upstairs and grab X, Y, and Z and then bring it down. But I'm like, oh, I can maybe get some extra steps. I'll just go upstairs and grab the thing, come back down, go back, drop the baby off in the crib, come back down. And by then I ended up getting 10,000 fairly easily between that and my workouts. Uh, but what I did is I lowered my uh, mental requirement <laughs> to 5,000. And I, to be honest, easily hit that every day. And I think that's also helped me feel very successful. Because remember from the last one, you can't screw this up. It is about mental mentality in your mindset and make it so easy you can't mess up. And so I kind of like the 5,000 for me because that was an e super easy. I didn't even have to blink to think about 5,000. However, like I said, this is my experience, my, um, yeah, my experience with this, that maybe for your, your thing is 2,000. That's easy for me. Then 2,000 is your goal. And eventually you can work your way up. Uh, yeah, so basically you cannot underestimate the power of walking because like we were talking about hip extension, when you're walking, you're in hip extension, which is wonderful and it keeps the blood flowing. And not only that, you can multitask and work on nose breathing. So walking has all these benefits. If you want to read more, read the book. Uh, you can do the nose breathing on them and you're hitting like tons of the or a few of these um these healthy habits just by going for a walk. One thing I thought was interesting was, oh, and then if you want to take into the uh, step or number five healthy habit, you can try, which is about your neck and shoulders. You can, as you're walking, move your neck side to side instead of just looking straight. And you can hit on one walk, you can hit many of these healthy habits right away. Regarding walking, they had an interesting thought about rucking. So rucking is basically walking but carrying heavy weight that could be a baby <laughs> I've tried that uh I know like a little baby carrier or a weighted vest or a really heavy backpack and so what they say is rucking it just takes walking to the next level and they call it cardio for the strength guys or girls and strength for the cardio guys and girls so people that love to maybe run or do only do cardio making them ruck um, you know, heavy weight as they're walking is developing their strength. When on the other end, people that just like to lift weights, <laughs> rucking allows them to uh, develop more cardio. So I thought that was interesting. And our last one is number five. It's all about the shoulders and neck and about 
posture. And so they use, actually, they use a different term. They don't use the term posture because they, I don't know if it's just our, up, like, the cues we've been taught about, like, shoulders back. The problem with shoulders back is then you overextend your spine in your lumbar spine and you kind of stick out your lumbar spine, which is not creating a good organization of your spine. So they prefer the word organized versus posture. And so you want your spine to be organized in its natural alignment. Basically, this means you have your body in a position where you can take a full deep breath and it allows you to like, I hate, I just wrote what they wrote down. It sounds all hokey pokey, but you can tap into your innate end range of motion. Yeah. But one thing, a cue that helped is they said, pretend you're holding a shopping cart um, in kind of like a wide grip on the shopping cart. And now imagine you're trying to snap the grocery (laughs) grocery cart in half. And that kind of uh, cue has kind of helped me understand where my, instead of just throwing my shoulders back, it's helped me understand like kind of shoulders back and down, but in a very strong organized fashion. So yeah, those are our five, the top five or top five, the first five. And to wrap up today's episode, we'll hit the the second five next time. Again, these are goals. So if you are feeling overwhelmed, uh, or if you're like, this is so easy, I suggest you get the book. I really did enjoy it, but keep in mind that these, you probably won't be able to attain these overnight. And these are just good things to keep in mind that are the most efficient bang for your buck. If you're you're gonna focus on anything health and want to maybe improve your health and mobility, these are ways to do it. So keep that in mind, healthy mindset and create, using our mindset from before about, you can't screw this up, creating ways that you can make it so easy, you can't fail at it. And again, that looks different for everyone. So where's your comfort zone? How can you extend your comfort zone to maybe incorporate some of these healthy habits, but do not go to extremes? Because like we learned, extremes will only backfire in the end. So I'll catch you next time. That was really fun. Yeah. Okay, bye. (laughs)